0: You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: How's it going Chiefs Kingdom and welcome to episode 24 of the Great British Chief Show with your boys from the Kingdom representing the Kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, aka the Brit Chief and Arrow Headlines editor Tom Childs. The Chiefs aren't in an ideal situation right now after losing to the AFC rivals, the Buffalo Bills. Chiefs' kingdom is quite rightly concerned about a number of things with their beloved team. But Tom and I are here this week to look on the positive side and give you our reasons to be optimistic about the Chiefs. Plus, we'll be doing our usual look at the Arrowhead Pride rankings before we look forward and only forward to the Chiefs' visit visit to the nation's capital. But first, mate, big news. In the Premier League. Have you heard the news? Have you heard this news? I have. I yeah? Have,
2: I have opinions. Yeah, do. you have opinions. Yeah? I do, yeah.
1: Um, you peasants can have opinions, but I support the richest Premier League team, well, football club in the world now.
2: You do. You, you do support a team that is actually the richest football club in the world because you're owned by an actual country. An actual country owns Newcastle United Football Club now. And it's not any old country. It's one of the richest countries in the world in Saudi Arabia. Um, Like I said, I have opinions, but whether or not this is the right sort of platform to share my opinions (laughs) on such (laughs) things is uh, probably not the right thing to do. But I'm happy for you, Brad. If you're happy (laughs) with, with what comes with being owned by... Saudi Arabian owners, <laughs> a, a country, and certain things which happen in that country, then that's absolutely fine.
1: I am, I am happy for you, Brad. <laughs> Honest. Are you genuinely happy that Newcastle United, the nineteenth placed team in the in the Premier League, probably bottom now, actually, by the time this comes out, but we are the richest club in the entire world. Mm. Yeah, and I've got a few. Issues with it as well as obviously I'm obviously quite excited because I've lived through this Mike Ash- Mike Ashley era yeah. where Newcastle haven't really been competitive at all. Um, they never wanted to be competitive. There was the passion's gone from the club. Yeah, but yeah. this is in like like I said from a fan perspective, this has injected all that back into it. I mean, you saw the, obviously the the fans jumping around outside of St James's Park Stadium and. It was it was party atmosphere. It was like they've won something, but clearly they haven't won anything at the moment. But the other side of me thinks, this for me is killing off football. The unfairness okay. of a whole country owning a football team in the Premier League is completely unfair. I mean, I know there's rules and regulations in place to obviously try and make it more fair, but come on, there's ways around everything, isn't there, especially if you've got the pots of cash to do it. Um, yeah. And we've seen clubs before like Man City that, that have, you know, they've done that before in the past, which obviously made sure that there was other regulations put in to make sure that the likes of a Man City club couldn't do that again. But it's going to happen some way, isn't it?
2: Yeah, see, the money side of things doesn't really bother me. Like, rich people are going to buy football clubs. It's what happen- It's going to happen. Yeah. I'm sure Newcastle will not be the last club to be bought by an actual country. <laughs> the problem is that you're talking about Mike Ashley being this, like, horrible person you're glad to get rid of him but as mike Ashley done some uh we're going down a rabbit hole which we really shouldn't go down <laughs> here for this podcast but you know i'm, I'm gonna leave it there but because i like i said to you a minute ago i have opinions and maybe this isn't the place to share them but right. some things should be allowed in sport and some people should be allowed to be involved in sport even if they do need to inject a huge vast amount of cash to be involved in it but some people certainly should not be allowed in sport. And this is very, very, very close to that line. And I feel like football needs to do a lot of self-evaluating after this yep. particular um, purchase of a club. And I do feel sorry for Newcastle fans. Clearly, your your moral high ground is uh, slightly lower than mine right now. But it's, <laughs> no, I, I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid. Um, no, I do feel sorry for Newcastle fans because they are kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Mm. and um, it's whether you where you fall on the argument well, what's the lesser of two evils and for me although I don't support the club Mike Ashley is definitely the lesser of two evils but it's kind of easy to get over the other evil when the other evil potentially buys you Mbappé for 200 million pounds or buys you all all of these amazing players in in the coming years. So it's, it's tough for Newcastle. I do feel sorry for them in that aspect because you are attached to a club, you are attached to a sports team and it's Mm. hard to detach yourself away from a sports club. But I, I, I I don't know. I just, I, I wouldn't want to be you. Like it sounds mad. I wouldn't want to be you right now because like, Heart, head over heart or heart over head type thing. It's just like, what do you actually go with? But, you
1: know, at least I'm well, this is for it. you. <laughs> this is it. You know, I mean, a lot of people are going to be, I mean, it might actually drive some fans away because of it, because, because of obviously the issues and, and everything that we're not going to talk talk about and go into. But um, there is obviously going to be fans that just say it as the club. And they say it that, you know, they have suddenly going to be hitting the big time again. And, you know, the, the club is central to the city, and you know they're going to be looking at obviously the investment that's coming with all of that as well and it's going to be you know it's it's an, it's a, it's another chapter in the in in Newcastle United and i think that's probably what other people are looking at but like you said there is deep rooted things there that really don't sit well with a lot of fans especially across the world about mm-hmm. this news but anyway let's not talk about that no. let's talk about uh, some nfl news as well um actually mate you were uh, you were at the london game weren't you jets versus
2: Falcons. How oh, it was it? I had a fun day. I had a really fun day. It was good fun. Like, the game itself wasn't very good, but the other parts of the day was was pretty spectacular. Like, that stadium is purpose-built for the NFL. Like, I know it's Tottenham Hotspur's ground. But when they transform it into the NFL pitch and take away some of the seats and make it look like a normal NFL ground, you just look around at it and you think this could be in the middle of America. Like it is fitting, that stadium. It really is something special. Um, it's just a shame who owns it. But no, I had a good day. English fans kind of let me down a little bit, the British uh, NFL fans. Um, Why is that? Because like I was decided to cheer on the Falcons like I do every single um NFL UK game. I support the home team unless it's the Chargers, Raiders or Broncos. And so I decided to support the Falcons cheering on third down and the amount of dirty looks I got just for like making noise in second and third down. And I'm sitting there thinking like <laughs> if if you were in Arrowhead, like would you turn around to Chiefs fans and go, well, would you be quiet or give yeah, dirty sh- looks? Shut, man. <laughs> I just think sometimes like people need to embrace where they're at and what they're doing. And like if, you, if these teams are giving up a home game Like their local city, their fans are giving up a home game for you guys to enjoy their team. The Mm. least you can do is make noise for them. And if people do decide to make noise don't look down on the people that do. Like, come on, just, just let them live. Like, I swear some guys wanted to hit me at the weekend just for making so much noise on third down, like, but, but you know, <laughs> but it it is what it is. And the, the NFL UK game is funny because I always like liking it to like the sports version of a Star Trek convention. Like, <laughs> It's really quite nerdy, the NFL UK game. Um, but it's, you know, people, I thought they were getting better, but I think during the pandemic, uh, people forgot how to fan a little bit. So I'm hoping they get it back for, for next year.
1: Is it a British fan thing that the fact that, I mean, is it is it safe for me to say that majority of them probably haven't gone to a game in America? Probably say? true. And probably, probably don't true. know what, what yeah. they have to do on those, like, you know, those third downs or even any down, especially like you said at, at, at our head, you know, okay, you, you I, make. No, a, I,
2: I, I, I contest that. Like if you watch NFL on TV, you know, when to make noise, what's required to make noise. Like, they, they constantly talk about noise on TV, and you constantly hear the fan noise. Like they, they know. They know. Yeah. I just don't think they want to. It just surprises me a little bit because we've got one sport in football and we've got like other sports like cricket and all these other sports where English fans love making noise and like we're renowned for making noise and then you get these English fans to an NFL game where they're allowed to make as much noise as they want they're allowed to drink in their seat and they all sit there politely like they're watching uh, I don't know some lawn bowls (laughs) like I just don't get it (laughs) I just don't get it it was so quiet on Sunday and that's probably like my big bugbear with the game.
1: Yeah, it is a bit strange that, but as long as you had a good time, mate. Look, I did. I had a lovely cool. time. Lovely yeah. time. It's nice to, uh, to have the games back in the UK again, which for is great. Sure. For sure. Um, talking of other, of other news in the NFL, the NFL has announced three possible locations for the international series games in Germany. Mm-hmm. We're excited about this, aren't we? Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, the three locations they're looking at are Dusseldorf, Frankfurt and Munich. And I think any of those would be great because... A, it's in Germany, and there is a good following in the NFL uh, from Germany as well, isn't there? So, you Fantastic. know, the, you know the fans are going to go there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Out of those three, which one do you think would be the legit hotspot for this for this NFL game?
2: I, I would like the game to be
1: in Frankfurt, personally. You would like to be. You would like yeah, it in
2: Frankfurt. Like, yeah. I've not been to Frankfurt, but I've been to Munich twice, and. Right. Both times to watch sport, I went to watch Arsenal play by Munich twice. Once at the old Olympic Stadium, once at the Allianz. And mm-hmm. I like Munich as a city, but I preferred it when it had the old Olympic Stadium actually in the city. Now the Allianz Arena is so far out the city, and you have to travel so far to get you have to get a train, and there's not a lot out around the actual ground. Mm-hmm. And like once you get into the ground and you you come away from the fact that it's like this big bubble outside, inside it's pretty ordinary. It's a pretty ordinary really? ground. So I would like, the, I would personally like the game to be in Frankfurt um, where it's like this hub of Europe. It's renowned for being like the home of NFL Europe as well, like the spiritual home of NFL Europe. So I think there's such like football heritage there in Frankfurt yeah. that that would probably like be the ideal city. I don't think it will be Frankfurt. I think it will be Munich because it just seems the obvious choice to have it in Munich. But um, yeah, if it was down to me for sure, I'd be Frankfurt all the way.
1: Interesting to point out though um the Chiefs have got a quite a good link with Bayern Munich as well haven't they mm-hmm. so yeah. that could be a bit of an indicator as to maybe where the NFL's probably heading that yeah you know Bayern Munich has been quite um inclusive let's say yeah, for sure. well, of, it a, was only like
2: it was like Nagelsmann and um Andy Reid were literally like swapping content like What two or three weeks ago. And then obviously, Pat Mahomes has done a couple of things with Bayern Munich in in the past. Like, don't get me wrong, if it's mute, like the best thing about it potentially being Munich, there is if it is going to be Munich next next year, I am utterly convinced it's going to be the Chiefs that come over. The Chiefs should have come over to London uh, last Mm. year, but obviously that got um, put aside because of the pandemic. The Chiefs want to come back internationally. They don't want to give up a home game, but they're happy to come internationally again. So Mm. why not make it Munich? They've already got these ties. And yeah. why not bring like the the game's biggest star to Germany's biggest and best football club? So, well, best maybe not, but biggest certainly. But um, yeah, why not? Why not bring? Why not bring the Chiefs to Munich? So this is why I'm kind of excited about the whole thing because I I am pretty sure that when the the games are announced and inevitably it inevitably is Munich, that the Chiefs will probably be one of the first to uh, to play a game
1: there. That would be good, and we'll definitely be going there as well, for sure. Um, I just want to give uh, a bit of a shout-out to Dusseldorf, because I've been there before, and it it is a lovely place. It really is a nice place, and the beer is amazing. But I think anywhere in Germany, the beer is amazing anyway. Um, But um, yeah, Dusseldorf, Dusseldorf, to us, it seems like a bit of an outlier for us, isn't it, that they might not get this. I think it's a straight-out battle between Frankfurt and Munich on this.
2: It's such an underrated country. It is. Like, if anyone's listening, and you ever travel to Europe, get to Germany. Yeah. It is the best Western country in Europe. Mm-hmm. It, it, out of all of the Western European, Western European it's countries, amazing. it is by mm-hmm. far and away the best. The people are lovely. The beer's amazing. The food's good. Everywhere's clean. Like it's just there's so much to That's see. Real it's, clean, it's, yeah. It's like so historic. It's like I've been four times, like for different reasons each time. But it's it's one hell of a country. And if you can get there. Please do just like never mind London. London's rubbish. Get yourself to uh, get yourself to Germany instead.
1: All right, let's uh, let's talk about this this game briefly, shall we? Oh, there was a game. Like what happened? There was there? a game. <laughs> there was a game, didn't they? <laughs> uh, as predicted, this was not the matchup the Chiefs were going to win. Uh, in fact, we we both predicted a loss, didn't we, mate? Uh, for the yeah. Chiefs last week? And and here we are. The Chiefs are two and three after week five, and. Chiefs Kingdom has been causing themselves headaches trying to figure out what in the world is wrong with this team at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll touch on it briefly because we don't want to get bogged down in, obviously, the, uh, the, the whys, the wherefores, and and what have you. But, um, I mean, the key points in this, defense was obviously a huge concern again. Um, turnovers killed us again, which was similar to what, obviously, the, the, the Chargers game was. Another four turnovers in a game, which we were saying last week that, if you're giving away four turnovers you ain't gonna win that game it's I gonna to be no it, nigh on impossible to win a game if you'd given away four turnovers and not getting mm. any in return um, and yeah I, I mean injuries after that as well which was a, a, a big thing because I think Joe Tooney had a uh, he broke his hand or something he's done yeah. um, broke his hand
2: and carried on playing carried on I, playing exactly that's on.
1: that's that's man that, they're a different it? breed aren't they NFL
2: players <laughs> They really are. Like, how how do you fracture your hand and carry on playing? Like, I would break a nail and, and I like I and I would walk off the pitch crying. Like, I don't want to go back <laughs> on. Like, and he's fractured his hand and he's carrying yeah. on. playing. I I couldn't believe that because some of you won't won't know, but I didn't actually watch the game live. Um, for, for the first time in eight years, Ooh. I am um, decided to watch a replay of the game after finding out the score and that's. But it's been what like I said, it's been eight years since I've done that. The reason being I got too drunk at the Tottenham Stadium and I, <laughs> I couldn't get out for the game. That was that was the reason why. But um yeah, I didn't even watch I didn't even watch the game. And then when I read in the morning that Joe Tooney broke his hand, and I thought, oh, he must have been out. And then when it got to actually watching the replay, I was like, Joe Tooney's still in. Joe <laughs> Tooney's still in. When did he yeah. break his hand? It's the fourth quarter. Joe Tooney's still in. He's still in. Crazy. Game. He's still in. How?
1: How do you do that? When you consider as well, I mean, didn't Chris Jones have a, a hand issue or something? He he had a wrist issue, didn't he? Wrist um, issue, yeah. Um, and he wasn't media. playing, no. Um, and but they're different. For... Yeah,
2: fractured hand, and like you, you, like you fracture a bone in your hand, you're still going to have some form of mobility. If you you'll you hurt your yeah. wrist, that affects the way you can use your entire hand. So it's a different injury, isn't it? That that was that that for I'm me not accepting was, that.
0: <laughs> that for me the Chris Jones
2: injury was the nail in the coffin. Like yeah. as soon as, because I was, we sat here last week and I was fairly confident the Chiefs were going to lose anyway. Like I was the only person in AEP's Arrowhead uh, Pride's uh, written predictions that uh, predicted the Chiefs lost. The only other person that did was Kramer, but Kramer doesn't count because he's a Raiders fan. So he always, uh, picks, <laughs> he always picks the Chiefs to lose anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, so, But yeah, but as soon as I saw the news um, shortly before I went to sleep that Chris Jones was ruled out, I was like, well, there's no chance. There's just no mm. chance that Chiefs defense is going to be able to stop Josh Allen this offense without Chris Jones, and lo and behold, it, it was right that they, yeah. they, they couldn't stop them. they they had a period in the game in the third quarter where they looked better looked better, free drives in a row, they got to the stop, and of course, they were unlucky with the Frank Clark rough in the pass circle because oh. that should have been a turnover then as well. but in general, the the bills outside those four drives kind of had their way with the Chiefs.
1: yeah, I think that was that was the other key thing really. Josh Allen was very commanding in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, his run game was brilliant as well. Yeah. Um, clearly, the, the Chiefs... I don't know how the Chiefs cannot expect Josh Allen to be running <laughs> because he's probably one of the best... Probably behind yeah. Lamar Jackson, he's probably one of the best rushing QBs out there at the minute. So to 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 kind of forget about that mm-hmm. or not even try and address it in some way... I mean, the amount of yards he kind of he drummed up in that first... It was the first two quarters, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. He had his way.
2: Yeah, and he's a big old boy, old Josh Allen, as well. He's like a big he old boy. Is not and he's not scared great. to put his head down and run, run through people. Like you've, you've got to account for that. And looking, watching the game back, it, they didn't, they didn't really have an answer for it. Yeah. And by the end of the game, the Bills were so safe they didn't need to risk Josh Allen anymore. They could let Moss and Singletary, Singletary, do all the running for them. Like it, the Chiefs come in, and from what, from watching the game back, I just didn't think there was much of a plan there. At all for the Bills' offense, like they did couldn't decide whether they wanted to stop the pass, stop Josh Allen, stop the run, um, stop anyone. Basically, not mm. l- not naming any particular defenders. <coughs> Dan Sorensen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I'm not going to single him out because no. a lot of people have been single single him, out, and he was bad. He was bad, but a lot of them were bad as well. Like the defensive line got no pressure whatsoever on Josh Allen. Yeah. Like uh, cornerbacks were getting picked on in coverage. No one played well. No one really played well on that side of the
1: I'll tell you what we did see that uh is is this this is quite concerning for me in a way because what I saw from that Bills defense was they were bringing four and dropping deep with the with the coverage again. Mm-hmm. And this seems to be the key thing now. There's quite That's a few awesome. teams doing this. They've picked up obviously from the obviously the Super Bowl what the Tampa Bay did and a lot of them are designing that are designed that way. They're scheming that way now to actually just run the four, you yeah. know, bring the four in and just sit deep and just say, right, try and throw it at us. And, and, and it was similar with this as well, because you could tell Holmes was clearly pressing to try and get further downfield and get those big chunk plays, but it clearly wasn't working. And, and I don't know what it was. The Chiefs were almost trying to force it yeah. uh, on offense, really. And that's obviously one of the things that obviously caused the turnovers because, A, obviously, the, yeah, you're leaking points because of the, of the defense, but the offense just handing the ball back to the the, 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 the Bills offense, which is, yeah. again, having its way with you. So there was no, like you said, it, it, watching this game, it felt like you were helpless just watching this game.
2: Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. Like, Patrick Mahomes wasn't good on Sunday. He no. wasn't good. Like, for all the talk of enforcing it and pressing the ball downfield and whatnot and trying, trying too hard, well, that's on him. That's mm. on him because there were times when, the plays what had worked. There were receivers open underneath. There were yeah. check downs for him. And he just wasn't taking them. And like I've never seen Mahomes put so many balls in the ground before.
1: Like yeah. constantly
2: like I don't know whether he was trying to keep balls safe and away from the coverage defenders, but so many balls were just landing at receivers' feet. And like some guys like can adapt to it and make the odd catch right but it was it seemed like to me like every third or fourth throw just ended up in the dirt something was wrong with him on on Sunday I don't know if it was the occasion or the pressure I just I don't know what it was I don't I don't think it's going to be an ongoing problem for Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes Jesse threw two interceptions but I, you'd be harsh to say either of them were his fault. Like the first one was definitely Tyreek Hill's fault and the second one was just one hell of a play by that, um, I can't remember his name, the, the defensive lineman for the defensive end for the Bills. Like to get your hand out on that ball and oh, yeah. tip it up yeah. to yourself was just a phenomenal play. And we've seen Mahomes make that throw around defenders a million times. Maybe defenders are getting a little bit wiser to it and know now to put their arms out to the side as opposed to up, up in the air. Maybe it's going to lead to more interceptions, but you still... Like you'd be harsh to, to blame Mahomes for those particular plays, but he still wasn't right. He still wasn't right. And I don't I'm hoping, touch wood, that it's not going to be an oncoming, ongoing problem.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. Then should we uh should we try and boost the kingdom a little bit? Because mm-hmm. everybody's very flat about obviously the game that's happened there. Everybody's very flat that we're two and three. Everybody's very flat that the fact that the Chargers are charging away with the uh the AFC West at the minute. Lovely. Um it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, spot the pun. Um but let's let's be optimistic, right? We've um, we've come we we've asked. Well, you are, and I know you asked on Twitter. Um, what is what are the reasons to be optimistic at the moment for the Chiefs? Because mm-hmm. there's got to be some optimistic things in. Here. Yep. It's only week five, after all, isn't it? So there's got to be something. And <laughs> you sent me a list of them. And then you asked me to rank them in order. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's all right. It's all right. Like, I, I asked the Cheese Kingdom. I've never had a response to a tweet like this in my life, by the way. I feel kind of special today. Like, special. Uh, as we record this uh, this podcast, there's, there's been 124 replies to this particular tweet. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of optimistic people in the kingdom. Don't get me wrong. There are some that aren't optimistic. Like some I've asked, well, the reasons to be optimistic. And a couple of uh, my followers have said um, there isn't any. Like, <laughs> there isn't any. Uh, the season's almost <laughs> finished. Uh, there's some people have pointed out that the fact that we have, um, first round picks and stuff. Like that. I, I, I don't know. Like, there's just some people are just taking it tongue in cheek. Um, but there are a lot of people that are still optimistic about the Chiefs this year. So this is why we're not doing such a doom and gloom podcast. In previous losses, we've gone off about the game before in, in so much detail. But you guys don't need that anymore. You guys have listened to all the other podcasts talking with all the negativity. You don't need it. You need optimism in your life because football season cannot be over for you on the 13th of October. It just can't. We've been there. We've been that many years before. All those horrible years of Chiefs fans where it gets to October and we're already looking forward to the draft. We are not being those people. We are the (laughs) Kansas City Chiefs. We are still well in the mix. We are still a team that no one will want to play in January. We're a team that still has lofty expectations and those are expectations for the team are to get to slash win a Super Bowl. So this season is far from over. So with no further ado, here are your top 10 reasons to be optimistic for the next few months. Okay. So number 10, the Chiefs defense played some of their best football in the second half on Sunday's game. Do you think that's true? Um, and do you think it's a reason I to be optimistic?
1: I, I, I saw flashes. I saw something where they did make, I think it was three plays back-to-back-to-back, where they handed the ball back to the Chiefs' offence. And it was unfortunate the Chiefs' offence couldn't do anything with it at the time. I think it was was the two interceptions at a punt, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is flashes there. But at the moment, it just seems like the the personnel just needs to find that edge. Not the actual edges in defensive ends, but the edge, (laughs) you know, the the eye of the tiger kind of thing.
2: Get their championship swagger back.
1: Yeah, Yeah. because, I mean... I don't want to see Tyron Matthew looking at Sorensen down the field with his arms up in the air. Again, there's three photos of that going around (laughs) and they're all in different games. And I don't want to see that again. I just want to see some leadership, a lot of tackling um, and, and just, just being more aware of what's going on with, with, with the opposing team.
2: Yeah. See, I think there is something in this, in this particular point. And this was one of the followers. I've forgotten who it was that pointed this out, but apologies to you. Um, that's really bad for me i'm sorry um but there was obviously an adjustment made at halftime the Chiefs were down Hmm. 24 13 at halftime they made their adjustments and then they come out in the third quarter and give the offense multiple opportunities to bring the Chiefs back into the game unfortunately the offense can do it so if they're making very good adjustments against a very good offense in halftime of a game who's to Hmm. say that they can't make adjustments for the whole defense going forward Next yep. year, next few weeks, So I think there's something in that. We've seen this defense get better over time before. Case in point 2019. They were terrible for the first 10 games. They signed Mike Pinnell. D- did we know that Mike Pinnell would be would be the man that leads us to Super Bowl glory? But he was the one that came in and the defense just turned itself around, it was very good November, December, and January that year. So we've seen his unit do it before. So yeah, I'm I'm I think it's definitely a reason to be optimistic. Number nine, the Chiefs are very good. With their backs against the walls. We've seen this. We've We're seen happy. this in playoffs. We've seen these 10 point plus comebacks before. The mm. Chiefs backs are very much against the walls now, especially if they want to keep themselves in the race for the number one seed in the AFC. There are multiple games behind now, the Browns, the Chargers, and the Bills, and the Bills have that tie break. So the Chiefs is like do or die time for the Chiefs now. If they want that number one seed. They're going to have to win every single game remaining on their schedule. Are they capable of doing it? Well, yes, they have certainly the talent there, but, Probably not. You're going to say no. Like they, yes, they are good against backs against the wall, but I wouldn't fancy the Chiefs now to go on a run. What win fourteen, fifteen games to win the Super Bowl. I just, yeah, I don't see it myself.
1: Yeah, but like we said, we've we, we've been quite proud of how this team has has overcome adversity over the year, well over the last few years, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and like you said, it's that championship swagger that that seemed to get us through a number of those games. And mm-hmm. like you said, we just need to find it
0: again.
2: Yeah, yeah, plain True. and simple. True. Number eight. We can't possibly be any worse. (laughs) Oh, you've said it.
0: Oh, God.
2: Multiple people tweeted this. I said,
1: I said, we can't possibly give up another four turns in another game after the Chargers game. Yeah. And look what happened. (laughs) I'm not being negative. I'm not being (laughs) negative.
2: See, the turnover thing isn't actually on this list, but I include the turnovers in this. Like, surely, like, the law of averages says that we can't carry on turning over the ball at this rate. We just we just can't. Surely not. No. Surely not. So I, I I think this this holds some substance. This one they can't be any worse. Like the the hardest part of their schedule, you think, is over and done with. Um, they've made some yeah. critical errors at critical times, and. It, it can't it can't carry on. like if, if it carries on like this heads have got a roll surely like, can't, <laughs> they can't they can't they can't be any worse
1: but like, it has been like we, we pointed out at the beginning of the season the first five games were going to be really tough, and we we're, we're through that that first five games now aren't we Yeah. so you know just look forward now week six is our week one now just 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 reset yeah. put push, push the reset button and let's let's motor on from here yeah. i suppose
2: we're on to washington right <laughs> to washington number seven. The offensive line. Great Barrier Chiefs. The Great Barrier Chiefs. Um, (laughs) Yes, yes, this is a reason to be optimistic because for the most part, five weeks in, they've looked very good and they've played some tough, tough defensive fronts. I think the problem at the moment is probably Patrick Mahomes, not the offensive line. Patrick Mahomes still looks like he's adjusting to playing behind solid offensive line play like yes Lucas Niang's had his troubles yes Orlando Brown's had his troubles but the interior offensive line has looked incredible so far and they are creating space for him to step up into and make the throws once Mahomes um, increases his comfortability with is that a word comfortability with the uh with the the, uh, (laughs) offensive line I think everything will start to look a little bit more hunky-dory on his side of things so yeah definitely something to be hopeful for.
1: There's, there's definitely something to be said about a quarterback gelling gelling with his with his offensive line, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's one of the things. Yeah, obviously you want the offensive line gelling, but you want the quarterback to have that yeah. reassurance that they're gonna they're gonna have his back or have his mm-hmm. front, should, should we say? But <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the uh, the offensive line. Yeah, I'm absolutely, I'm still optimistic about this, and and from what I've seen from how they've played in the run game as well. Yeah, just throwing defenders here, there, and everywhere. I, you know, it got me really excited. We all mm-hmm. saw that. That game, uh, which, what was the game before Previously, I keep forgetting them now. The Eagles. Uh, the Eagles, that was it, yeah. And, and edwards Edward managed to go off, really, on that game mm-hmm. uh, because the offensive line was so good. So, yeah, a yeah, lot to be optimistic about, for sure. Mm-hmm.
2: So, number six. We were six and four and also was one and two at home at some point in 2019, and we all know how that ended. <laughs> That's See, a good one. Me and you vary massively on this one. So how we did this <laughs> was we we ranked we had 10 and we said we were going to rank these from 10 to 1 and then we were going to aggregate them to create the ultimate 10. I had this one at number 10 and Brad had this one at number one. <laughs> <laughs> can you see how I, different we are now, Tom? <laughs> I just don't like I just don't get how you can say, oh, 2019, what we did in terms of record has any bearing <laughs> what the Chiefs are now yes some of the pieces are still there a lot of the pieces are still there but the, the, this team's troubles like yes some of them are similar but it's it's, it's kind of a different team I, I just yeah. don't how you can say that that's, it matters I, I, it just doesn't I just matter think,
1: I just think I mean we've seen it in the past yes obviously the 2019 Chiefs that was a that was obviously um you know, um, uh, a record at the time, which was everybody was, I mean, I actually remembered it really vividly that everybody was really panicking about it at that time as of well. They were, yeah. And, and you've only got to look at other teams in the past. I mean, obviously the Patriots, they're another one that got blown out in, uh, against the chiefs, didn't they? Mm-hmm. In 2014. Yeah. Um, when they went on, to, they actually went on to win the, uh, you know, the super bowl. They got blown out and they had a similar record as the chiefs have now. I think it was two mm-hmm. and three at the time. But also if you think about it, um, last year, even, um, The Chiefs were 10 and one, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were seven and five when they played. And look what happened to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's why I look at it like that, where I'm thinking that's really optimistic in a way, because you can't always be that poor, always. You can't always be that poor. There's going to, at some point, you're going to hit this kind of run, aren't you? And I think a lot of the time, if you're losing games, you find a little bit more about yourself.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
1: And if the Chiefs can utilize this and go, right, we know where we're going wrong now. That, patching that up and, and changing some schemes here and there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I honestly think this is a real good positive. Losses are positive. Take. Yeah, losses losses I, can be positive.
2: Yes, they can. They can <laughs> be positive, but they can also be detrimental to your chances of making the Super Bowl and Sunday's loss was probably the most detrimental yet uh, being what, three games behind or two games behind the uh, Buffalo Bills and yeah, also confidence losing confidence the tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine because the Chiefs were 6-4 and four in the Super Bowl, yeah, and they also lost yeah. two of their first three home games. Yeah. So exactly. that definitely, definitely, definitely matters. Um, number five, um, <laughs> the offensive talent. Now, this one I do think holds a lot of substance. This team mm. is loaded offensively. The offensive line is getting better every week. Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. You've got Travis Kelsey, you've got Tyreek Hill and you've got Josh Gordon Uh, coming into the mix. So yeah, there's just enough talent there that if the Chiefs do sort out their other problems that they're still going to be able to score points. They they get rid of the turnovers. The defence starts to play a little bit better and not asking the Chiefs to score 40 points a game or 35 points a game to win. The talent is there that they can score at least 28 to 32 to 35 points every single game. So I am not worried about that in the slightest.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like you said, it's been a it is a generational talent that we're watching here, and we should mm-hmm. really just enjoy it. Even mm-hmm. even some of the losses that we're having, we've just got to be watching this the, the this offensive talent
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in awe, basically, because we've never seen anything like this before in a Chiefs team agreed agreed
2: number 4 you kind of answered this a minute ago when we were talking about the 6 and 4 thing but number 4 is is still really early in the season
0: yeah
2: and um, it week is week five. five it's week 5 and people are panicking like it's week 16 um <laughs> yeah. this this team is bad at the moment it is playing bad football oh, bad to bad's probably an overstatement like it's it's a good football team playing bad football making yeah. bad mistakes and as you said a minute ago we can we do rather have the time to make up for these uh, deficiencies. Like, we, It is a long season. You need to win 10 games. You win 10 games, you're probably at least getting the seventh seed. So you're at least in the dance. Um, get to those 10 wins and try and sort out some of your problems along the way. And then you never know what happens in, in January. So, yeah, th- th- that definitely holds somewhat. Um, number three, the schedule. Now, the schedule in these first five weeks was tough, but it does ease up going forward. You've got Washington, you've got Tennessee, and you've got New York, your next three games. Yeah. Like, there's every chance that the Chiefs are going to have a winning record by the time that they could be five and three mm-hmm. in three or four weeks' time. And then they're, who is it? I think it's the Cowboys that roll into our head after that. Mm-hmm. First. So the Chiefs yeah. could be, the Chiefs could be hot at that point. So, yeah, the schedule definitely eases up. They've had the hardest part of their schedule. They've obviously still got a tougher division to play. I think the, the division got a little bit easier this week with John Gruden uh, departing. Um, Las Vegas but yeah it, if you're looking at the fixture list you're going to say well yeah there's, there's the potential that the Chiefs can still win 10 of their last 12 games
3: yeah
1: oh yeah absolutely I mean um, like you said we've gone through the hardest part the schedule again like we said before Andy Reid can he, he, he can have streaks he really can and you know especially off the bye weeks as well you give Andy Reid time and he's going to he's going to sort out the the, the, the the kinks in it really isn't he yeah. Um. so yeah the schedule it falls in our kind of lap a little bit. Now there's there's some breathing room now because it has been quite full on in the first five weeks. So at least we've got that breathing room. We've got some, um, suitable wins I think for us coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's probably what we've, we've got to really look forward to really.
2: Yeah, for sure. So number two, we're getting to the business end. Now you just (laughs) mentioned him, Andy freaking Reed. um, He's the the man. He is the man. Like he's got so much experience. He's, been there, done that, literally got the T-shirt. And so he, he's not worried about all this. Yes, he knows the team has deficiencies. Yes, he knows there's things to be improved on. Yes, he probably knows there's things that he needs to improve on as a coach. But he's not going to sit there idly by and just let these things carry on being bad. He's the greatest offensive mind in the world. Like, if the Chiefs are having a problem against cover two defences, guess what Andy Reid's going to do in the next couple of weeks? He's going to scheme up offensive plays to fight the cover two defense he's going to find ways to stop defenses sitting in cover two he's going to find ways to bring those safeties up make them go single high make them bring guys into the box and fight against the run yes he was bad on Sunday he did coach a poor and call a poor game on Sunday he has not He's not going to call a poor game every week. If there's any coach that I trust in the NFL to get us out of this hole offensively and to turn things around, I say a hole offensively, we're still scoring with the best part of 30 points a game. But um, yeah, I do trust Andy Reid 100%.
1: Yeah. Andy Reid, like you said, he's the man. He's offensive greatness of him. Um, like you said, he's going to be drawing players up on napkins. And and he, I'm sure he just dreams players up mm-hmm. every single night. Yep. Um, and yeah, I've got no worries at all in Andy Reid. Um, yep. like we said, he's, he's had a bit of a downtime. He's had a bit of a bad time there, um, in, in the last few weeks, but he's, he's, he's one of the greats and he's going to find a way. Yep, He's going to find a way. And he's, and finds he's the quarterback he is our
2: very own Jeff Goblin, Isn't he? He, <laughs> <laughs> finds but
1: he, he? he looked really, really pissed that last game as well and 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 a pissed Andy Reid's a good Andy Reid yeah for sure for
2: sure so number one finally number one the most optimistic reason no the most the biggest reason to be optimistic see I'm getting all giddy just talking about him (laughs) the biggest reason to be optimistic going forward is Patrick Mahomes like you still have the greatest player In the NFL, ignore what everyone's saying about Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Yes, these guys are all playing fantastically well, but we still have the player with the most talent. He might not be playing like the player with the most talent, but on his day... Every single fan of every single team would choose our quarterback over theirs. And once he finds himself out of this slump, once he gets his mojo back, once he gets his championship swagger back, which will happen, he is going to go on a tear up. I just, I just feel like he's probably done too much damage to be in the MVP race. But that, mm. that's fine. Just let him be. Let him be in the shadows. Let him just go about his business and just, like, just let him be him. And I, I think it's going to happen. I, like this, this weekend's game, like. The Washington defence has not been as good as they were meant to be going into this season. I mm. think Mahomes is going to go on a tear-up. No turnovers, like four or five touchdowns this week. It's just going to be the Mahomes show going forward.
1: Yeah, getting his mojo back. I've lost my mojo. What <laughs> film was that? Was that Austin Powers? I think it, it was, was yeah. It was. Was. Um, yeah, Mahomes. Yeah, baby. I mean, you, can't, you can't count us out, like you said. Um, this team's still going on on fourth downs. I don't know if you just said that, actually. I was looking at something else, but yeah, you probably did, did just say that. But um, yeah, <laughs> Teams teams are on fourth down, and they're going for it because we have the fact that we've got Patrick Mahomes. So.
2: I just love the. I just love the fact that you just casually dropped in there that you weren't listening to. I wasn't listening
1: to you, mate. I really wasn't. I was looking at something on my phone.
2: <laughs> just let Tom waffle on him. Waffle on for a minute. I'm going to make my point. What I want to say, regardless of whether it has any relevance to what he just said. In fact, I might even repeat him, but I won't know because I wasn't listening to him. Oh, cheers. Right. On that note, let's um, take a break, and then when we get back, we have a look at my power rankings for our head pride, and then. Uh, Take a look at the Washington football team, which is coming up this Sunday.
3: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in
0: You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hi there, and welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with your boys from the kingdom, Brad and Tom. We're going to be going through the Hourhead Pride power rankings again this week. We normally do this every week, but uh, we're going to touch on them briefly. I think we should touch on them briefly because uh, no doubt the Chiefs have dropped dramatically in this Hourhead Pride power rankings this Mm -hmm. week. Tom, where are the Chiefs this week? 10th. They're 10th. Yeah. They're 10th. Do
2: you know why they're 10th? That's quite high, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know why they're 10th? Because it's not until you actually sit there and make a list of the entire NFL that you realise how many bad NFL teams there actually are. There, they are. There are so many bad teams in this league. Like yeah. overall, the standard of this league, I don't think, has ever been as bad as it is right now. Like the Chiefs aren't playing good football, but they are comfortably better than twenty-two teams in the league. Like yeah. you, you go through it, and you just like you get past the obvious nine, the first nine that are all playing really good football: the Bills, Cardinals, Cowboys, Bucks, Rams, Chargers, Packers, Ravens, Browns. You get past them, yeah. and you have a look, and you're thinking, "Oh, who's the next best?" Do you know who the team is after the Kansas City Chiefs? The Cincinnati Bengals. That's who's eleventh in the Power rankings. Like they honestly the team. The league in general is just so bad. The moment so so many bad quarterbacks, so many bad coaches. It's just it's just not in a good place in terms of um, parity at the moment. It's so top heavy. You've got ten good teams, and you've just got twenty two really quite bad teams uh, in the NFL at the moment. At the top, you've got the Buffalo Bills, the new number one, deservedly so, been on yeah. top for four weeks, and um, the Cardinals dropped to second. Um, the Cowboys now as high as third. Like that team's looking loaded. You, they've got a great Man. offense and then opportunistic defense. They're playing
1: really well. Outside of that, Actually, who was it? Was it Irvin who said that the Cowboys were going to the Super Bowl? I laughed my back off at that.
2: They're a good team. They are a good yeah. team. Like that, they're an They are a good team juggernaut. They just Ooh. can score points for fun like that. But like I said a few weeks ago, that Chiefs Cowboys game at Arrowhead is going to be. Ridiculous! Like the amount of yeah. points in that game is just going to be. Outrageous. You're look. You're talking Rams Chiefs type points. Unless the Chiefs, unless the Chiefs find a way to improve their defense, it's going to be outrageous. Maybe the Ravens are probably a little bit high. They're eighth. They could quite easily be one and four. Let alone four and one. But yeah, outside that, the, the Chargers have moved up to sixth. So they're they're continuing their climb up the ranking. But overall, there's no real great surprises. Yes, in the comments, we've had people say that Chiefs shouldn't be highest as tenth. As, as I said a minute ago. Write write down a list of teams, and you tell me which team should be higher than the Chiefs right now. And I'm more than open to criticism. Let me know at Tom Charles fifty six. You you send me your thirty two, but there, I promise you, you'll
1: have a hard time finding a team to rank above the Chiefs other than the yeah. obvious. I'm just looking at uh, our next opponents, the Washington Football Team. They are twenty fourth. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's see how they play next week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh right, okay mate. Um I think we'll leave our head pride power rankings for that one. Let's uh, let's look forward actually. Let's let's forget the past. Look forward. Obviously we're trying to be very positive on all of this at the moment mm-hmm. and uh, and and hopefully <laughs> talk up what Washington football team are. Now the Chiefs obviously taken on the Washington football team in week 6 and we'll be hoping to change their fortunes around in the in the nation's capital, but what have the Chiefs got to do to steady the ship in this matchup?
2: Don't shoot yourselves in the foot. Turnovers. Um, yeah. Just don't play a semi-clean game of football and you'll beat the Washington football team. But we don't want to see just a semi-clean. We want to see like a very clean, squeaky clean, like industrial cleaner, industrial bleach type clean game. Clinical yes yes like you but know like you know when the in-laws come around <laughs> your missus just goes absolutely mental with cleaning the house or even worse if your parents come around and then your miss goes oh has to go on a tear up on the house and like literally blitz from top to bottom of the house that's what the chiefs need to do on sunday they just need to be top to bottom sparkling clean no turnovers good on defense good against the run good against running quarterbacks just just Basically perfect. That's what I want to see from the Kansas City yeah. weekend. I don't think they need to be like that to win this game, but it's what I want to see.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think clinical, it was the, my word, obviously, on that, that you, you need to see this team clicking again. You need to see them just, just settling down, going through the motions, going into Washington, getting the dub, and, you know, Onto to the next week. That's what you want to see in this team, don't you? Yeah. But also a bit more, um, it, I, I think we're seeing these, these next few games as more of a, we've mentioned it before, like a gelling process yeah. for a lot of them, um, especially like the likes of the all line, but um, the, the defense really needs to find something again. And yeah. and I don't know what it is, but seeing the likes of, of Tyron Matthew being in the box while we've got Sorensen back in coverage, um, that for me doesn't seem right. It seems a bit backward for me. I don't know why. I don't know. It's because I've s- probably seen Sorensen being um, mainly in the box and Tyron Matthew being that kind of free safety at the back. But they just need to find something. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not the one to obviously say what I think they should be doing because I'm no expert. You know, Spags is the guy that needs to be, you know, dialing this up and doing his homework on what the um, the opposition offenses are doing and. And, and and just a solid game. That's all we need. And hopefully, if we can get obviously the likes of uh, Chris Jones back and Frank Clark together at the same time, and actually see the the you know the, the defensive ends adding some pressure on there.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, because you know, Hennick Hen- he's, he's a good player. He's been yeah, this, playing this well. This
2: offense, this offense is that they're going against on Sunday is like bang average. Like you look at their weapons outside of scary Terry. Well, they've scary got Logan Terry. Thomas, who's like. Uh, a good tight end, probably overhyped a little bit. You've yeah. got Adam Humphreys. Uh, well, we will remember Adam Humphreys for his touchdown late against the uh, Chiefs of the Titans a few years ago, but he's nothing yeah. to write home about. Well, they've got Curtis Samuel, but I think he got, went down injured in, in the last game. And they've got Anthony Gibson. Like, but outside that, what have they got? Yes, they have a strong O-line, but they, ultimately, the game is about quarterbacks. And you've got Taylor, mm. Taylor Henneke against Patrick Mahomes. And whilst Taylor Henneke has looked better, Um, in more recent times that he's still loose with the football. He still throws horrible turnovers. There was a point when they were driving on Sunday against the Saints and he threw an interception, which they, they the Saints intercepted at the one yard line. Like, talk mm-hmm. like red zone turnovers are just a killer. And, like, they, they, they mostly they've been pretty good in the red zone, but he's still, he's still like capable of making a mistake. And on Sunday, he it wasn't his best game. He made some really, really bad throws and made some yeah. terrible decisions. But, but he seems dangerous when he's running the football. And yeah. I'm hoping that the Chiefs are going to learn their lessons from finally, like, the Josh Allen game, the Lamar Jackson game, where they might actually keep some to spy a quarterback because Taylor Hennecke is not afraid to run the football. And he's pretty quick. He's, mm-hmm. a small so he's guy. right. He can move. He looks like Roadrunner when he runs. Because he's so small. His <laughs> legs move so fast. Like, as well, you know, Wanting to go. Like, you just can imagine, just as he's about to run the ball, "Beep, he goes, <laughs> like, he's, a, he's a dangerous runner. And he's this typical, like, backup quarterback that's just not scared to put his body on the line. You know, like how Chad Henney did in the uh, game against the Browns. They're so just like, I'll put my body on the line. It's fine. I'm a backup. It's okay. That's what Taylor Henneke looks like in a moment. So, yeah, this offense they're going against isn't great. And the Chiefs defense should have more success. But based on what we've seen so far from this Chiefs defense, I'm not entirely sure it's actually going to happen.
1: Yeah. The uh, Washington football team rushing yards. Uh, I've got a stat here that they are 16th overall and the Chiefs are seventh overall with their rushing yards. So um, yeah, the Washington. Yeah. Although they, they obviously mediocre, um, they, they probably have a lot more yards if they're going against this Chiefs, uh, mm-hmm. this Chiefs run D at the minute, but um, clearly the, the, they're not that big of a threat. If obviously the middle of the road, um, I think would be with their, with their rushing threat. But um, going back to what you said about turnovers, um, you know, obviously we know that chiefs have had 11 turnovers in so far, um, but you know, they're quite similar as well. The Washington football team, they've got, they've had seven in the last, you know, the first five games. So they do give it away. Yeah, they do give it away. Um, and both teams are, are, are the same on takeaways as well. They've got four all in all. Yeah. Um, so, it's going to be interesting. I think turnovers is definitely going to be the key on this. Like you said, if the if the Chiefs are more clinical and they're clean and crisp and they don't turn the ball over, it's it's no night. It's game over for the for the Washington Football Team for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah, definitely. And like another interesting gauge uh, for this game is third downs because Washington are not good on third downs. Like they are near the bottom no. of the league in third down percentage. So if they if the Chiefs manage to hold them to to actually getting to third down situations and manage to get the stop. It'd be interesting to see what Ron Rivera does on these fourth downs because there was one instance where... The, he was at 4th and 10 at midfield and he went for it. Probably the right decision given the game situation and admittedly they didn't make it, but he had the balls to actually go for, for that 4th down. So would be interested to see how they attack um, the Chiefs' offence. Are they going to go with the same approach as most teams have so far this season where they know they're playing with 4 downs so they can call their plays to, to match that? Like, if you know you've got 4 downs, you need to average 2.5 yards a play. I know it doesn't ever work like that, but yeah. you can... You can be a bit safer with the football. You can you can run the ball a little bit more. You get more of your offensive playbook in play if you know you've got four downs to go for the 10 yards. So it'd be interesting to see what they do in that. They have yeah. to fight fire with fire. They have to. It's because that's their only chance of winning this game is can they get a steal? Can they get a takeover from the Chiefs? And if you believe the hype going into the season when everyone was talking about this Washington defence being the next best defence, that was genuine conversations going in. we were looking at the defensive line, with Chase Young and his guys, and they were thinking, right, this defence is going to be one of the league's best, and it just hasn't worked out that way. Well, we don't want them having a breakout game this week. <laughs> we just don't want it to happen. So hopefully the Chiefs do play this clean game we keep talking about, and the Washington football team have to play a perfect game on offence to even stand a chance in
1: the Chiefs yeah sorry to throw in more stats in here but this is an interesting one actually because um obviously we know the, the Chiefs are probably down at the bottom uh, as as one of the one of the worst defenses around at the minute um but it's interesting when you see that the likes of points given up um and obviously the Chiefs have given up 163 which means they are literally ranked last in this mm-hmm. um But 31st place is the Washington football team, 155. (laughs) So if you are betting the over and under on this game, bet the over. (laughs) Definitely bet the over on the points. Um, But yeah, but I mean, clearly both defenses are really struggling. And I think like you were touching on there, both were really expected to do really well. We Mm. were expecting this defense to be a lot better than what they were. Well, they have been. I was, definitely, for sure. I wasn't. Um, I predicted a 2018-esque season, so... Well, yeah, exactly. exactly. uh, (laughs) They uh,
2: won't trump it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They won't trump it. I "I
2: told you so, as the Hives so famously sang.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, then, uh, should we do uh, predictions, mate?
2: Yeah, we're skipping ones to watch this. You're getting bad, mate. You're old age. You're old Oh,
1: and no, I've got it. I've got that I've got that first predictions and then ones to watch. E- I've got it swapped around. E-
2: every single week. Now you're making an error towards the end of the show. It's like you're getting tired as we go on. You're like that old man sitting in his chair at Christmas who just like gets to like five o'clock. He's had his dinner. He's had two mince pies and had a couple of too many whiskeys.
1: And now he's just I'm out. His chair. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. All right then. Uh, ones to watch. Let's do that first then. Okay.
2: Uh, I'm going for the quarterbacks, both of them. Uh, oh as you just mentioned, 31st uh ranked defense against 32nd in terms of points allowed, like it's all there for the quarterbacks both to have big days. So they they should both have big days. Taylor Henneke should get his on the ground. It's whether he can cut out the stupid throws. If Patrick Mahomes can get his mind right and trust his pocket a little bit and hit receivers in the hands as opposed to the feet, then yeah, this 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 could be another high scoring game. So yeah, I'm going for both quarterbacks.
1: I'm uh, I'm going for uh, Terry scary Terry. Nice. Um for the, the body model, catching phenomenon himself. Yeah, I mean yeah. we've we've obviously seen the Chiefs getting burned by the Bills over the top yeah. and I just think if 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 Terry's got his mind in this game he's looking to obviously make a statement of uh, of his prowess let's say I think th- they could easily carve out some chunk plays yeah. Against this this Chiefs defense, so I think Terry McLaurin's going to be one of the uh, the big ones on this. So you just hope um, Thornhill plays this week. He's got oh, to,
2: hasn't he? He has to. Play he this. has
1: to. I mean, they've got to try something now. Spags has got to try something different. Yeah, uh, I think Thornhill is the is that is that difference. Yeah. Would you take Armani
2: um, Watts over Daniel Sorensen right now?
1: At the moment, yes. Yeah. At this moment in time, yes. Um, I think Sorensen's missing tackles. He, I mean, that play he gave up on uh, against the Bills. Yeah, Dawson that was. Got some- Oh, that was that was unforgivable. That that was really unforgivable. Um, but anyway, well, that's not. It, we're being positive, Tom. We're being optimistic positive, showing the optimistic. Show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the Chiefs, I've gone for Daryl Williams, but not for yeah. his rushing, for his passing game. <laughs> okay. For, so I, I actually think the Chiefs are going to learn from this. And probably start using their running backs in the passing game a bit more. Mm. You know, a bit of a check down every now and again. Uh, I think Mahomes is going to look at obviously the tape that 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 happened against the Bills and obviously the against the likes of the Chargers and think, you know what, I probably should have checked it down a little bit more than 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 going for the Hollywood passes. Um, so Maybe. I think Dacca Williams is is going to be the guy to watch in this. He's going to be the key for unlocking this uh, this defense for sure.
2: I don't know. I, I would say Jerry McKinnon was probably going to be the guy that's going to catch the passes. I saw a tweet the other day that actually got me thinking and I, I'm not a superstitious guy at all and right. I don't believe in any paranormal stuff or whatever but it did make me laugh Not least. It said the Chiefs getting what they deserved for um uh releasing Super Bowl MVP who then took a uh, year off because of COVID, Damien Williams. Like, this is what they're getting, that's what they deserved. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought, actually, yeah, that's
1: probably right. <laughs> I do wish we still had Damien Williams. I really do. I'm, I'm surprised we got rid of him, but hey-ho, that's another that's another podcast, are not it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, then, predictions. I'm going to go with a very clean performance from the Chiefs. Like you were saying, and I'm going to go with 41-14 to the Chiefs.
2: Oh, that wasn't that the score the Chiefs beat uh, the Patriots on Monday Night Football? That exactly
1: thing, that. And I think it's going to be that kind of statement where we go, do you know what? We're back on track, boys. Let's go okay.
2: for it. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. I don't think the Chiefs score as many as 41. I think they score 34. Yeah. And I think they have a better game offensively, but I still think they're going to have conceded some points. I'm going 34-24. Um, yeah, the Chiefs ha- show an improvement defensively. But then you're <laughs> probably... keeping
1: it think, under 30 points. <laughs> yeah, but then you're
2: actually remembering that they're actually playing Washington and you realise it's not actually that much of an improvement. Like conceding yeah. 24 to Washington is probably worse than conceding 38 to Buffalo. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I-, I think this conversation for the defence isn't going away anytime soon. I think they're going to continue to be bad for the next few weeks. Luckily, yeah. time is on there. As we discussed earlier in the optimistic part of this podcast, time is on there. <laughs> (laughs) Their hands, and uh, whilst they have that offense, they can still win some games here.
1: Right, then. That's all we've got time for this week. Please feel free to keep uh, the conversation going with Tom and I on Twitter. Uh, Tom's on at Tom Childs 56 and I'm at Chief UK it's great to connect and obviously understand uh, Chiefs Kingdom's views on what what we say in these podcasts and obviously get your uh, your reviews on those uh, Tom and I are here every Wednesday during the 2021 season and remember you can also listen to more Chiefs related content here on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network on Apple podcast and Spotify but all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another we'll speak to you again soon